thank you so much for having me. It's good to be on the podcast with you and uh, great work you're doing. My name is Jaffney Joybert. I am mm -hmm. from Cameroon and based in Cameroon. And uh, my work uh, plays a lot around business training, consulting and coaching. I've been doing that for 12 years today. Hello and welcome to Overhead Podcast. I'm your host, Obehid A14. And I strongly believe that everyone has a story to share. Now let's get started with this episode. Uh, my background is in finance, then I did my MBA in human resource and my doctorate degree in investments. And um, I have been doing this business training and consulting across 20 countries and counting. And my passion is just to see how do we build more productive and profitable institutions and, and help entrepreneurs and the business leaders to achieve more and, and just put their heart out there in what they do. Uh, like I often said here, uh, in the African diaspora community, which is what we are targeting uh, in, a, in this podcast and also in everything that we do, mm -hmm. uh, money matter is something very important. We need to talk about money. <laughs> because I, I remember I was talking to uh, um, to an entrepreneur in the U.S. Mm -hmm. I was telling her, listen, the truth of the matter is that all of us, we are numbering hundreds of millions of people in the diaspora. Yeah. We have been here connect in connection to money. Uh, whether it is even those that were taken to uh, to the to the Americas during slavery, it all linked to money. Yeah. The European didn't want to pay money for them, so they, they just dragged people from their home and said, you are my property now. Instead of uh, saying, okay, come and work for me, I will pay you. Mm -hmm. Could that also be a fair deal, you know? People will be willing to actually work for them. Yeah. But they didn't want to do that. They want you to work for them for free. Mm -hmm. So it's all about money. Even for those of us that are here now, I, I was born in Nigeria. I grew up there until the age of 24. I came here, of course, nobody uh, put a chain on my neck to come to Italy. I came on my own. <laughs> uh, <laughs> so it's also related to money. Mm -hmm. uh, even though, okay, there, are some, there might be some reasons uh, personally uh, of why I am here, but it's all about money at the end of the day. So money is important for our community. Raising money and having money and even living. So we must talk about money and continue to talk about money. Yeah. So I, I really enjoy what you are doing, I like it. It's something that needs to be uh, continuously encouraged, particularly in the diaspora community. Mm -hmm. All right, this is how we do it here. We spend some time trying to know you even more uh, so that we don't just talk about what we do, but we also say who we are in relation to what we do. Mm -hmm. Tell me, where were you born and where did you grow up? I'm interested in your story. Uh, my story is, uh, is, is kind of... Um... You know, you can call it, uh, people like to call it an inspiring story. And I think I am where I am because of my story or how I was born and where I grew up. Um, I was born out of, um, um, you can call what they call wedlock kids, so I don't really know my dad. And uh, my mom had me while she was in secondary school. Then, um, yeah, then I just grew up here and there in a couple of primary schools. And uh, fortunately for me, I went through um, high school. And... Um, while in high school in, 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 in Bamenda, in the northwest region of Cameroon, I was born in Kumbu, the second largest town in the northwest region of Cameroon. Then I did my secondary school there and moved to Bamenda, the biggest city in the northwest region in Cameroon. Then when I was done with my 
uh, uh, high school, my single mom could not see me off through the university. So I had, uh, when I went back to the village, it, it was about two options. Either, either I stay back in the village and maybe become a farmer or see what I can do with myself, or I should move to the city and see what to do with myself. So I spoke with my mom and she gave me the permission to move back to the city. And I think that's the best, one of the best things she ever did to me, you know, without controlling me, without holding me back, without worrying what I would go do. And when I moved to this, to, to Bamenda, the day I left the village to Bamenda, I didn't know where I was going to sleep. For seven days in a row, I slept in seven different houses because I would make a friend and sleep, make a friend and sleep. I was just trying to see how I can make it up, you know, and succeed in, in, in life. And that was how I started my journey to putting myself through uh, uh, through university, where I started doing all the odd jobs you can imagine. I've been, I've done what you can call Okada, commercial motorbike riding, work in building construction sites, uh, work in bakeries, work anywhere I can to raise money for my undergraduate program. So sometimes in the day, I would do like three jobs. In the morning, I work in a building construction site. In the afternoon, I would do Okada, or commercial motorbike riding. In the evening, I work in a bakery. That was how I raised money to pay off my fees in my undergraduate level. Then that was how my journey into the corporate world started. During the last year of my university program, I got my first and only job I ever got um, as a, uh, a finance clerk in a microfinance. And I started my journey there. So now I've always loved education. One thing that my mom imparted in me was the importance of education. So I also made up a, a plan that someday I will get a doctorate degree and become successful in the path that, that I have chosen. Then in the process, I resigned from my job and I started a training center to train young people on how to become employable and start businesses. And that was how my journey into becoming a business trainer and a highly sought after consultant across the African continent and the diaspora all started. So that's basically my journey in a short, uh, short synopsis. But uh, it's, it's a journey of, of, of inspiration for me personally. And I always say that I am happy to uh, um, to, 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 to live a life that the only option I have is to succeed because if I don't succeed, I'm going back to poverty. If I don't succeed, I'm going back to failure. If I don't succeed, I'm going back to a family that is struggling. So my only way is forward and I have only one option to succeed. There's no option for failure. And that alone uh, challenges me a lot. And secondly, to see that I contribute to other young people because like me, there are many other young people worse stories than mine and they need the right platforms and, and, and resources and support to see that <clears throat> they can go places. And that's why all the businesses I've ever set up are all dedicated, you know, to see how we can help young people and young professionals, entrepreneurs to become more successful in the path uh, that that they have chosen to do. And talking about the diaspora as per your, 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 your podcast mission, one of our projects is helping the diaspora invest back at home. So we have set up structures and platforms and ideas and try to connect diaspora people, investors, geo entrepreneurs back at home to create that bridge to enable that there is that, you know, that collaboration and effectiveness in, in the work that young people uh, can do and the diaspora. Thank you so much, brother. I really appreciate what you are doing. This is a, a good work that you are doing. But also, you have a very important story. You know, people will say, this is, I, I do this, I do that, I do that, which is fine. But until you understand the story behind what they do, why they do what they do, mm -hmm. you yet do not get the, the full implication but, of why they are standing up every day. Yeah, yeah. It's, it's, so, it's so powerful. Uh, where you are coming from 
and the story behind it. I think, um, I don't remember whether it was uh, Mother Teresa who said, there is, no, there is no person in the world you couldn't love if you could listen to their story. Exactly. Mm -hmm. So, story is really very powerful. Of course, we are not going to be talking about storytelling today. We are talking, it's just because it, we, we love it so much. We love it when we ask people about themselves. Mm -hmm. Because behind each and every one of us, there is a powerful story yeah. of where we are coming from yeah. and where we are going. And like you said, I want to borrow your words. There is no alternative. The only option you have is to succeed. Yeah. That must be driven home. Thank you so much for that. I, I love it. I really enjoy it. Thank you. Now, talking of uh, financial uh, conversation, money, and all of that, mm -hmm. I wanted to expand on, on it a bit in Cameroon because right now you are in Texas, US, right? Yes. Okay. Now, in Cameroon, tell me a bit about uh, the platform that you have there related to income generation, money matter, or uh, all the idea related to how to generate money. All right, I'm asking this question because, you see, in Africa, all across Africa, the idea of mindset is almost natural for us. We must understand that this idea of self-sustainance, self-sufficiency is not new to us at all. Yeah. It's just that we need to repackage it so that people understand that it will be part of all, all along. So help me understand that within the area that you are working in, what structure is available there to sort of repackage this old idea and it proposes to young people in Cameroon and of course in other part of Africa? Yeah. Well, I, I, I think the repackaging has been done already in the name of entrepreneurship. I mean, it's a, it's a buzzword now everywhere where you get to hear people talking about, I want to become an entrepreneur, entrepreneurship seminars here and there, angel investors, innovations, and all of that. All of these uh, have been repackaged already. And I think that um, from, from, from business trainers to consultants to schools, they are all doing their best in Cameroon to see that you know, young people adopt this and do it in a more, much, much better way. And even like when you look at the Ministry of Small and Medium-Sized Enterprises in Cameroon, they are doing their best to see that they create a structure that can enable uh, um, informal businesses to, 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 to be fully converted into formal, structured businesses that can grow, expand, and become successful. So I think it's a consistent uh, thing that we need to do because the more we do these things, we'll be able to contribute to creating a strong economy that can provide employment to more people. There are so many people that are doing incredible stuff, but in an informal way or in a way that cannot scale, cannot grow, and cannot create a needed impact in, in the community. Almost in every sector across Cameroon and the same like any other African country, you know, I've had the privilege to do, to travel and do business in more than 15 African countries. And it's almost like the same thing. Sometimes you go to some countries, it's like you're still in your same, in, 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 in your own country. So, but that, that, those structures, those platforms, those initiatives that can enable SMEs and informal businesses to, to, to convert and effectively become scalable, 
productive, sustainable businesses uh, become very important. And that's why, like, in our center, which is the first initiative I ever created called the Center for Entrepreneurship, Leadership, and Business Management Development, is fully dedicated since 2012 to provide the technical resources, to provide the structures, to provide the coaching and everything that an entrepreneur needs in order to become self-sustainable and productive and skilled, even right up to working with family-owned businesses. Because one thing that we have in Cameroon and in Africa is when, 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 when the parents die, the business die a few weeks or a few months after because parents don't know how to plan for succession or they don't know how to transfer what they know and their processes to their kids so they can use these businesses and, and, and grow them and take them further. Like, how do we learn from the Jewish people to do what they do effectively? So these are things that we keep on doing, same as creating, for finan creating financial structures. In our end, we, we went further to also create a business financing agency to to, 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 to connect us to the work that we do at the training center because when we're training entrepreneurs, some were able to, you know, to start businesses from their savings, from family support, but some were still stranded. They had good ideas, but they were stranded. So how do we help them raise the money? So we started a, a, a small business financing agency to, to do that. We also went further to now start signing partnerships with financial institutions like banks and microfinance institutions to tell them that, hey, we have a pool of entrepreneurs that we have trained. We know them, we can do due diligence, we can link you guys together, you guys work together and see how to create a financing structure for them. At the same time, we have a project where we also reach out to the diaspora. By God's grace, due to the work I do, I am exposed to meet more Cameroonians in the diaspora, even other Africans in the diaspora. So we also create a structure where how do we link startup entrepreneurs in Cameroon and other African countries to people in the diaspora who can be able to invest or even just support in the form of grants. In the U.S., $100 to, to, to somebody might actually mean nothing in Cameroon. That is almost 55,000 francs. And that can be startup capital for a small restaurant or for or a small business that somebody can start and scale later on. $500 can be little to you, but that is almost, you know, a, a, a 250,000 francs that can start an incredible business and grow in, 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 in the process. So we all have these structures that we have been working on in the last couple of years, and we are looking forward um, to see that we perfect them and create a better robust system, an ecosystem that can really build more incredible companies from Cameroon. And why not export to the world? You know, one of my dreams is uh, they, they have, they, they, they'll build Facebook from the U.S. and export to Africa, build Apple and export to Africa. We need to be from Africa and export to the U.S. I think it's possible. So uh, we, we can also do that. With the right system, we can achieve that. Thank you so much. We'll talk more about this. Uh, I like the conversation. You know, in the beginning, we said we're going to spend 30 minutes. I think 30 minutes cannot do it. But anyway, we are here. We are here. Because I love the conversation. All that have to do with income, with money. Because we love it. We use it. It's so important for us. There is no reason why we should not be talking about it. There is something I didn't ask you, which is how you got to uh, U.S., your destination, U.S. You are originally from Cameroon. But right now, you are in the U.S. So with me, you are part of the African diaspora. Well, um, well, yeah, I'm kind of a diaspora due to my due to my work. I get to travel a lot. So 
my work brought me here in the U.S. Not like I've, I've been living in the U.S. I've always been based in Cameroon, living in Cameroon. I come to the U.S. and I go back. Um, but I'm always around here to see the work that we get to do with different agencies and individuals and companies here and there. Yes, and we do a lot. One of the reasons that this particular time is to also build a strong, robust network with um, Cameroonians who are here in the diaspora in the area that we can create a more structured partnership as far as the work can do back at home, back at home is concerned. Because trust me, for Africa to really emerge, we need a strong relationship structure with the diaspora. To the extent, sometimes I was just thinking to myself, I said, if I, if I were appointed a president today, one of the ministries I would create would be the minister in charge of building diaspora relationships. Because Cameroonians in the diaspora have the technical knowledge and they have the money. And if they can be able to export the technical knowledge and the money back at home in a structured way, we would do a lot. Right now, more than 99% of the money that diaspora send back at home is for consumption purposes only. The highest that they can do is to buy lands and build houses. But that is good. But that cannot create a ripple effect to that extent. Now, imagine a diaspora person who can decide and start focusing a lot on, you know, creating well-structured businesses using their experience and their money to do that. So that's where I am looking at as far as the role that we can play, not just in Cameroon, but all African countries. All African countries have people in Europe and the United States, Canada, uh, almost everywhere, Dubai, Singapore, you can, you can count in Australia. And these, I think this is enormous resource, both technically and financially, that can create incredible transformation uh, back at home. If there is the right structure and, and, and system back at home that can accommodate this and, 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 and enable the platform where these things can grow and become better. This thing can grow. And in the course of your explanation, you did make use of the word the number of time and it's structure. I want you to explain to me what do you mean by structure? What exactly are you referring to exactly. in the structure that can be put in place to work? Help me. Yeah, very, that's a very important question. And this question, I will talk about something that is a big challenge for many people in the diaspora. This has stopped many people investing back at home. I'm sure you have heard of stories of people in the diaspora sending money back at home for their family relatives to build houses. And when they go back, they see no house. Their money was squandered into something else. I mean, I started this idea several years ago, about eight years ago, there was somebody in the diaspora in China, I think. He used to send money on Christmas uh, during the festive seasons for his younger brother to buy rice and stuff for the parents. And they would take the money and use just about 10% to buy the stuff for the parents and allow the parents to suffer and take the rest of the money and spend. So he started now giving the money to me. He would send about $1,000 to me. And the, the, the poor purpose is take the money, buy stuff for my parents, buy stuff for my aunties and uncles. He stops trusting the younger brothers. Now, this is as basic as family matters, and there's no place for trust. So the lack of honesty, integrity, and then the poor structures in terms of legal systems or strong systems that can hold Africans accountable for their actions is not really helping the diaspora in any way. And also, for the diaspora to have a system that when they send money home, they know, you know, the people who take the money will make good use of it is not there. And that's why 
it, it is now different where when you send money to us, for example, as a company, we can sign a contract with you. We can sign a legal contract with you on how we're going to use your money and achieve, maybe build your house for you, work with contractors to build your house for you without responsibility. That way you know that you have not given money to somebody you cannot hold accountable, like a family member. Money to somebody that you can hold accountable and it's a structure, it's a system that you can follow to ensure that that happens. Same goes for business. I know many people that I was talking with a client one time before he met me, he had sent over almost 300 in Cameroon for a business, and the day that he was coming to do, after about four years, that business does not have to do uh, uh, $5,000 in the bank account as profit. Just, just imagine that. Why? And when, and when I went into the business, I saw so many family members in the business. No, no capital is not there. Business is not functioning. No profit. Everything is just there. So if the structure that can enable people in a just product to invest back at home effectively and also track their investments and see results, it will greatly help a lot of people to invest back at home. So and I also think that there's a rule for the private sector, like creating private structures like ours to do more. But also, I think that if the government can create an investment agency dedicated purely to assist when they just want to invest back at home, like for basic things like company creation, you know, uh, making sure that they go to the right legal systems and all of that, uh, minimize or reduce all chances of embezzlement and tax corruption and all of that, is going to play a big role to contribute to the setup of companies back at home and, of course, enlarge the economy. Thank you so much for that. Uh, you are actually touching a point that is very important for many Africans in the diaspora because this is what is happening uh, in most of the cases all across. No? Uh, in that sometimes it is not clear whether uh, when you cross over, those at home think that you become stupid. And so when you when they want to do some, you want to do something that probably should have cost maybe uh, $10, mm -hmm. they tell you that it is $25. Of course, uh, sometimes you don't have the, the way of verifying it. In many occasions, there are ways to verify it. But why is it like that? So the question really is, why, where did it come from? This idea that we should not trust ourselves, not that we are not able. I think that apart from the wrong culture, or let me say wrong upbringing and lack of personal ethics and personal core values, and, you know, people just making up their mind to be trustworthy and live a life of integrity. I also think that the lack of legal systems in most African countries is so easy to bribe the legal system. It's so easy to bribe off a policeman. It's so easy to bribe off uh, a, the court, the judge, a lawyer, and all of that. In most African countries, we have strong men and women. We don't have strong institutions. We don't have strong systems. So there are people above the law. Anybody in Africa, as long as you have the money, can become above the law. That now gives that. Somebody will eat your money or, or waste your money, and they know, inside they, in, in them, they know there's nothing you can do. If you take them to the court, they can use your money and still bribe of the lawyer, and, and there's nothing you will do, or bribe of the judge. There's nothing actually you will do, they say. So as long as we have systems, that people are stronger than those systems or money is more valuable than those systems will keep having issues like this. So one of the things that will also liberate Africa is when we get to the place where we have strong institutions 
instead of strong men, then it's going to help us a lot. Mm. That, that, is, that is a powerful word there. Uh, <laughs> at one time, I was saying, I don't know if it were uh, an article that I've written or I don't, uh, it was not a book, certainly, that in Africa, we no longer need strong men. We need strong system. We need strong people. Exactly. Not one man that is richer than the entire that is richer than the entire country. Yes, he's not going to. What did that man happen to be a bad man? Exactly, we're in trouble. <laughs> I think sometime I don't remember which year. I think it was two thousand and ten. Uh, a, a woman. Um, what what is her name? Dabisa Moyo. That is the name of the woman. It's an economist. Uh, she has worked with the good, Goodman Sachs and other. Uh, important institution in the United States within the area of finance. Yeah. She wrote an interesting book. The book uh, was titled How the West Was Lost. In that book, Dabisa was saying that, he made a very nice analogy, you know, mm -hmm. saying that in the West, of course, because the population are few, mm -hmm. they base their system on um, capital intensive, in that it is based on capital, mm -hmm. the operation that they, they, they work on. Yeah. And now, of course, you want to make a comparison to China, which was coming into the game. And China doesn't have the money, but they have the people. Yeah. For China to be able to compete with the West, it wasn't going to play the same game. It was going to change the game. Yeah. Instead of capital intensive, they went on uh, labor intensive. They decided to uh, work on the people instead of the money. Exactly. And it, the calculation at the end of the day, mathematically, is that a lot of people in China have begun to begin to have money, little mm. money, but yeah. a lot of people. Yeah. But then, in some other place, few people have a lot of money, but very few of them. And if you binge it at the end of the day, you see that China mm. will rise because there are very many. Mm. So if you take this game to Africa and among Africans, the only way we are going to be able to survive in this world and compete with our competitors like the Europeans and the and the Westerns in general, is that the people in Africa are going to be strong, the people, not some individual. Yeah. Because if some individual are strong, those few individuals can always and always be captured. Mm -hmm. That means the people, again, are looking for who is the next strongest individual. It cannot work. It's yeah. a system that cannot work. <laughs> yeah. All right. This takes me to a question that I have for you. What role does mindset has in business. Help me understand that. Any human being you see doing incredible styles, there is a certain dimension of mindset that they command. And it is difficult for you to achieve anything above the quality of your mindset and your belief system. The more your mindset is stretched, the more you have the ability to create more, to contribute more, to be different, to be innovative, to advance, to grow, and all of that. So mindset needs to change because mindset the quality of your mindset is affected by the quality of information knowledge and, and and you know perspective and experience and exposure that you develop over time so the more that the, the more you have more relevant knowledge the more you become better the more more skillful, the more you become better. The more you are more exposed at how things work, how the society works, the more you become better. Anybody doing better than you in any sector, they know something you don't know. They have a particular mindset that you do not have. We cannot separate the right mindset from a successful business. We cannot separate the right mindset from a successful career. 
As long as you have the wrong mindset or a struggling mindset, your career will struggle, your business will struggle, your finances will struggle, even how you relate with people will struggle because you are not operating from that same capacity. So immediately you start upgrading your mindset to become more resourceful, to become more relevant, to become more, uh, more valuable, or to increase your ability to create and drive intelligent conversations around your industry, the more you are becoming a relevant person that people will love to do business with. Why? Because people love to do business with people who command a certain level of value, credibility, who can contribute, who can advance, who can bring change, who can innovate, who can disrupt. Anybody who can create a good sense of momentum and value is relevant. And that comes from the place of the right mindset. And of course, a mindset now automatically affects how you behave, how you look at things, how you act, how you connect, how you do basically everything. So it is, it is, it is the backbone of, of everything that, that you can do as a businessman. Thank you so much for that. All right. You see, that is important because um, in Africa, we need to understand that we are not really poor as it were, no? No, we are not. <laughs> we are not poor, but we have poor mentality. We have poor mindset. Yeah. And that leads to us, you that is living close to the water, dying of thirst. Mm -hmm. That you are dying, you don't have water to drink, but right around you is water. So we can see that it is not really, um, it is not really true that we are poor. It's just because we have been trained mm. to be poor. Yeah. So we are going to untrain ourselves exactly. and retrain ourselves mm -hmm. to be rich because really we are rich. Yeah. yeah. All right. This is why I think the mindset is important here. Mm -hmm. Now, how we come to understand this now is whether we are in Africa or we are in the diaspora, if we take the same mindset that we have in Africa, and bring it to the West, whether you are in Europe or in the West, in any Western country, in Canada, or in the United States or France, you are still going to be poor because that is the mindset. Yeah. You know, it's like building a wall around yourself. Mm -hmm. That wall is built of information. Yeah. And your reality is controlled by that information. Mm -hmm. So what is the wall around yourself? Yeah. If it's a world of sources, of course you are, because I think our mind is magnetic. In that, oh. it's looking for other things to magnet. Yeah. If the mindset is about poverty, you are only looking for something poor to magnet because that is what you are. Mm -hmm. Mm -hmm. So that is why I was thinking that is very important. But now you are a coach. Help us. How do we begin to dismantle that mindset of a, it's a retrograde mindset? Yeah. So that we can have a more progressive and a more working mindset for us in the area of business, in investment, in the area of so that we can begin to see opportunity mm -hmm. everywhere we we are and we go. I, I would just summarize it to, to education. I would just summarize it to when people get to the place where they can start being resourceful and they become eager to know more, to become better, or they know that there is a better life than what they have, they will start seeking the right personal education or even formal education. 
But as long as people are not teachable, if people don't understand the value of education and they don't make up their mind to be teachable, they will not be able to transform their mindset. So if somebody is not willing to go to the right training, the right coaching, the right mentorship, to read the right books and all of that, they will not be able, you know, to uh, to, to be that. Uh, 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 how do I say that successful? Like I always say something personally for me. Uh, I've never had the luxury of like seeing my undergraduate program to my uh, DBA, doctorate degree in business administration. I've never had the privilege to sit in a class in a university room. Like I've done mostly distance learning, right? And so due to the nature of my lifestyle and how I grew up, I, I did not have the luxury of books or buying textbooks in secondary school. My mom could not afford. So I was forced to drive myself, to push myself, to, to get the least opportunity I can to read the books I could read that can help me to become better, right? So just having that willingness to learn really changed me. It's not, it's not as if I was intelligent in school. I was not. I was in, like in Af the African setting. I was always the worst, the last, what they call the last in class, the worst student in class. So everybody passed or be the last. It's great. But just pushing that, just having that mindset and that desire to become better and to acquire the right skills and grow and perform better is very important. So that's why I believe that one of the most relevant attitudes or spirit that we need to have is the teaching spirit. The teachability index should be. We should be so willing to know more. Always know that you don't know enough because the world is changing. And the more you have that mindset and that attitude, the more you keep on growing and become better um, in your field. So people need to open up, be willing to just sit, listen, learn, improve, and challenge old perspectives and introduce new perspectives into their life. Thank you so much for that. All right, now. Tell us about your business in a, um, in a long share. For people that are listening to us now, they want to benefit more from what you do. Yeah. This is the time to do that. Tell them, how can they reach out to you? And what can they benefit by connecting with you? Yes, by connecting with me, our, our work uh, with my business, I have a structured business with a team of employees so that we work together. Our business, basically, is a lot into business training and consulting. So if you're thinking of starting a business, Especially you're in the diaspora in, in Cameroonian, especially whatever hope the guys in Liberia, Kenya, Nigeria, and so on, we can find a way to make that work. So we can help you start a business, expand the business. Even you're in the US, you're in, you're in UAE, you're in Europe, you want to start a business, we have the experience to know about the economy and to provide all the advice that you need that uh, can enable you to start your business the right way and of course expand the right way from investment advisory to even digital transformation just anything around business strategy that can help you become better and more successful and make more money and expand more you can reach out to us and we can work something out together and, and, and see how that that works i also deliver a lot of keynote addresses and provide corporate training and companies and businesses virtually and on site if you're looking at doing that, you have a call coming up and you need a keynote speaker around any of these areas we have spoken about in the, in the podcast and more, you can always get to me to do that. So you can get to jaffneyjoybet.com, just my two names, jaffneyjoybet.com. You, you see the number that you can reach out to me on WhatsApp or, or direct call, and we will definitely get back to you or on all social media platforms, jaffneyjoybet, and I'll always be available to reply 
the message myself. You know, my peer will not reply. I reply all messages myself. So you talk directly to me on any social media platform. That's lovely. All right. Now, what would be your final thought here, considering what we have discussed today, in relation, of course, to business, to mindset, and of course, to uplifting ourselves from the level we are to the level where we want to be? My final thoughts would be that I strongly believe that Africa will become very successful and it is people that make up a nation. It is people that make up a continent. Mountains and natural resources and stones and trees and all of that, these things don't make up a nation. It is people that make up a nation. And when people begin to grow and people begin to, uh, to, to become relevant and resourceful and valuable, the nation is going to grow. And if you want to go to the next level, acquire the skills that the next level requires. I will always talk about upskilling, reskilling, and becoming resourceful. When you do that consistently, there is no way you can be irrelevant. You always be significant, and you always bring something to the table. And as long as you can bring the right value to the table, you always make money out of it. They always pay you for the value you can bring to the table. Thank you so much for that. That is highly valuable. In fact, it's all about value. Though. The market is asking, you know, <laughs> the question is, well, are we able to add to the market's place? Exactly. Because if you can add anything of value to people, mm -hmm. they will willingly give you money. Yeah. Because it's all about exchange. Mm -hmm. You cannot just be asking the market, give me money, give me money, but give you money in exchange for what? Exactly. <laughs> All right. Thank you so much. I really appreciate the conversation. It really will be very interesting. I certainly hope to talk to you next time on another episode. Yep. Thank you so much. Thank you. All right. Have a great time. If you enjoyed this podcast, make sure you subscribe so you never miss any of our future episodes. Rate and review Obehead Podcast and share with your friends who might need it. I remain Obehead A14. Thank you so much for listening and talk to you in the next episode.